Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Review Anything. My name is Glenn Johnson. And I'm Joe Frank. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Hope everyone had a fantastic holiday season. So good. Hope you were cozy, warm, felt the warm feelings of joy and (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all of that. All of the above. I know we did. We had a great Christmas. I, for one, it's not Christmas yet. No. When we're recording this, it's not. <clears throat> have not watched a single Christmas movie. No, wait. I take it back. I watched Home Alone 2. Oh, interesting. Which Why? is the far inferior Home Alone. Yeah. Well, it, no, not inferior to all the Home Alones because I have not seen oh, the man. Other ones. Out of the two that actually exist yeah. in my mind, there it's far inferior. Today's episode is not about Home Alone no. series. Just the first part. We could we could discuss. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, yeah, Kevin McAllister. Yeah, is. he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was like obsessed with Home Alone four when I was. This was like right before Blockbuster died out, and every time we go to yes. Blockbuster, I'd see Home Alone four, and I wanted to watch it so bad. Man, has French Stewart is one of the uh, burglars. I don't even know who that is. Uh, he played Inspector Gadget in Inspector Gadget 2, oh, straight to video. Wow. Disney. Is that the subtitle of Inspector Gadget 2? Straight to video? <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're not here to talk about any Christmas movie. We're not here to talk it about... It is Christmas at the beginning. That's true, actually. Yeah. And Hanukkah. So there is a little bit a little bit of a holiday vibe. Yep. Today, we're talking about Steven Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans. This episode is not brought to you by Steven Spielberg. Um, unlike the one episode we did, yeah. uh, Steven Spielberg apparently got very angry that we said that he sponsored an episode. Yeah. Um, it was not I guess good. it was a misunderstanding. We thought he did, but he did not like it. Um, yeah. So he's threatening to sue, and it's a whole thing. Um, so this one is definitely not... not. Brought to you by Steven. We like Steven Spielberg. We do. Um, and I just thought he would be honored to be yeah, right. on mentioned on this podcast. I mean, we he, gave him a shout out for his new movie and everything, but yeah, I I don't want to rehash all the you know. I don't want to make this a fight about what we did or didn't do right. for him. But I mean, his legal team is claiming that we deterred people from seeing the fable yeah. and lost hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to the sales of Which, that movie. I don't know. I when he he if called we us, have that kind of power, I it's not my fault. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, that's. I'm sorry, but you know, we're not going to stop talking just because just because you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I don't. Joe and I were just sitting at our headquarters a couple of weeks ago, and a, the phone started ringing. It said Steven Spielberg on the caller ID, and I mean, I, we assumed that he was thanking us. Yeah. I mean, we put him on speaker and everything. Everybody in the mm-hmm. in the headquarters yeah. could hear. And we uh, picked it up, and you know, I was like, "Stevie boy, what's going? What's going on? And what's popping? <laughs> what's popping, Stevie?" And wow, the the language. Yeah, I was gonna say the torrent of obscenities it's, that flowed from his mouth was yeah, it was a lot. It was. Yeah, not not sponsored by Steven Spielberg, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But someday we'll get back 
on his good graces. And, yep. And we'll get, I mean, maybe this episode it's possible. And then if we could get him on the episode next yeah. time, that would be great. We'll see. Then, maybe we'll have him on next week to discuss it. So, yeah, I mean, we can just have like a Dr. Phil session yeah. with him. I, if we could get Dr. Phil and Steven Spielberg that, I mean, it's possible. We'll honestly, we'll look into it for next week. Um, I think that's what we need. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to do. I know. So yeah, back to the show. This will be a spoiler filled episode. We will be talking about every plot point. So watch it before you listen to this. Otherwise you will be spoiled. And some of the things we say probably won't make any sense. Spoiler. What's the last Steven Spielberg movie that you watched? Like current one? Yeah. I watched Bridge of Spies. Mm. Is that the last? Is that the- Ready Player One? I watched Ready Player One and Bridge of Spies. I'm trying and to remember what came out right before this. What was it? Oh, uh, BFG West Side Story. <laughs> oh, West. I did watch that. I saw West. I forgot he directed that. Yeah. Um, but this is this is kind of refreshing because it's a very obviously very original screenplay because yeah. it's based pretty directly on his life. Yes. I've listened to interviews with him since we watched it, and almost everything that he was asked about was like, "That's exactly how it happened in my wow. life." I was curious about that. I meant to look yeah. up some of those plot points. So yeah, there's a really good, uh, the director's guild podcast. Oh, nice. Um, they, it's Steven Spielberg and Paul Thomas uh, Anderson. We don't talk about other podcasts. Yeah. Sorry. This is the only podcast you should listen to. Yeah. And we'll give you all the scoops. Yeah. Don't listen to that other one. That's we'll just recap weird. it here. Uh, I have a transcript of the whole conversation, <laughs> which I will now read. <laughs> Uh, no, but it was Paul Thomas Anderson and Spielberg and Paul Thomas Anderson was basically just asking him a bunch. Like he, he pretty much he even at the beginning was like, I don't really want to do this, but I'm curious. And he just started asking about like scenes and how and yeah. pretty much everything he asked Steven Spielberg. He was like, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Down to the John Ford meeting at the very end. He said word wow. for word. It's exactly what John Ford said. Wow. That's wild. Spoiler so, alert. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because most of his films have elements of biography yeah. or relatability to his kind of interests or themes. But this one is like all of that. And it's literally about his life. Yeah, it definitely in a, in a lot of ways, it feels like a like a return to like an older, mm-hmm. older Steven Spielberg time. Yeah. Um, the relationships in the movie, like the the you know, the parental relationships that he explores and also the pacing and the cinematography and that all feels very Spielberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. Cause it's a pretty messy movie in terms of the, not in terms of craft, but in terms of the relationships and the dynamics yeah. that they play out, nothing is very black and white. No, but it has a, it has an overall, tone that feels very different than other heavy family dramas yep that feels very spielberg in a way that i don't know if i can really describe other than that it feels different it doesn't feel super heavy and dark and dramatic and depressing it's no it's like a very there's still a lot of like wonder and like at the beginning like you know when he's as a kid is is wanting to like wreck the train and stuff yeah. You know, there's not a lot of like, it's 
they get mad, they get upset with him a little bit, but it's like it's all very loving, and the mother's like, you know, we'll do it, but it'll be our secret or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It's, and they're not doing oh, man, that. That's because interesting. The dad you is, just saying that even sets up this dynamic of him and his mom having secrets. Secrets, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that until you yeah. just said it. And it's not like they're hiding it from his dad because his dad is mean. No, he's he's great. He's, Throughout the whole movie, yeah, I mean, pretty much he's great. Both parents are Example super of, encouraging. and Yeah. Well, I guess the dad is maybe more discouraging of his of his filmmaking. Passion. Yeah. But not but, in not in a way that I feel like a lot of movies do it where it's like very almost like villainous or like. Well, and it's funny because the trailer kind of made it feel like it was going to be mm. more like that because he's like, it's just a hobby. You know, like yeah, in the trailer, yeah. he's like, can you not do all this? Like, you need to stop spending so much time on this or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah. very, like, on the nose. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because the trailer for this movie is not good. Mm. I watched the trailer when it first came out and I was like, because I was like, oh, this is Steven Spielberg. This is big stuff. And I watched it and Audrey was in the room and she wasn't watching it, but she heard the trailer. And after it was over, I was like, I'm not sure how to feel about that. And she was like, yeah, it sounded super cheesy. Yeah. I mean, even the poster looks kind of cheesy. Yeah. It's weird. But it's not. It's, it's not, not a cheesy, cheesy at movie at all. It's, it's very well done. Yeah. There's not really a plot to this one either. There is a kind of something that the whole movie kind of yeah. pivots around. And there's a turning point where Sammy Fableman, who is Steven Spielberg, basically a yeah. conduit for him, discovers through some film that he shot that his mom kind of is in a relationship with his dad's best friend. Yeah. But it it doesn't even really set it up. So it like shocks you or like totally takes you off guard. Yeah. It's more of a revelation for, for him. Yeah. Yeah. Then for the audience, but it's really just about his like relationship with his parents and his siblings and, and how film changed his life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, getting back to like the tone of it. Yeah, it doesn't, it never feels like super heavy or dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's there's like, there's just like, I feel like there's a lot of love in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you feel like the, the love that his parents have for him and for each other, even through what's going yeah. on. Yeah. There's moments or there's points in the movie where he's pretty upset with his mom. But then that eventually does there is a lot of reconciliation. Yeah. Which I feel like we were talking about that right when we came out of the movie, that the movie is very kind yes. to both parents. Yes. It doesn't paint one as being right and being totally in the clear and one as being totally wrong. I think it would be easier to say that the that Mitzi, the mom, was in the wrong because she leaves their family to move back to Arizona to be with Benny. But even in kind of the final moments that you watch sammy and his mom clearly spielberg has come to peace yes. with that moment and with that decision and is very i mean i think you were saying when we came out of it like it's maybe even a little idealized of maybe some of the conversations yeah. they actually had at that time but it's very forgiving and loving right. even in the midst of a really difficult situation well watching his filmography you know there's a lot of Clearly, he had he had a lot of daddy issues yeah. for a lot of his life. So, yeah, watching this is really it's really nice to like 
to see where he's at now and like the way, yeah, it does feel like this is kind of like a almost reconciling with my parents through this medium. Yeah. I mean, the opening scene is the first movie that he ever saw. Like that's, and I, I didn't think about this until I listened to the podcast with Paul Thomas Anderson and Steven Spielberg, but right from the first scene, it's establishing his parents outlooks on life. Yeah. Cause he, it starts on the dad and he's like, he's trying to explain it to him to make persistence of vision. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so it's made up of 24 frames that trick your eyes. And like, it's very technical, extremely. And then the mom is like, it's amazing. Like you'll, yeah, it's just so beautiful. And like all the, uh, so it's very like creative. And so right away you get this picture of like who these people are yeah, and the role that they're going to play in his life. This could be totally like reading way too much into it. But there's a scene later on where uh, Mitzi, Mitzi's mom is dying and they're in the hospital kind of sitting with her and Mitzi is holding her mom and like crying and uh, his dad is just staring at the the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just watching the the little blips on the heart rate monitor. Yep. So almost again, this like focus on the technical aspect of it. But then uh Sammy is like observing it all. Yeah. Which is also interesting because like it's almost like a filmmaker's perspective. Exactly. And then it zooms in on the uh-huh. the pulse on her. God, that's such an insane shot which is for him to notice that and then that's like what the film focuses on like i don't know it's yeah. just a very uh-huh. interesting like yeah it's yeah seeing his the way he's seeing it is yeah. really cool it's it is there's some meta elements to the yeah, movie like for sure there's and i i didn't know what to make of it the moment that it happened but the moment when the parents are telling the family that they're going to get a divorce or the mom is going to move back to Arizona. There's like a really quick shot where in a reflection in a mirror, you see Sammy filming the the moment. And in the moment I was like, what? Yeah. Like it, it really took me off guard because there's nothing like that in the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it's almost this, like, again, that filmmaker's perspective, almost like what would this scene be like in a movie? Like, how would I shoot this? What would it look like? And I, I mean, that's pretty relatable. It is in a very like almost disturbing it's, way. Like there are times yeah. when I'll be like in a moment and I'll be feeling something and thinking something. And I'll be like, man, this would be a really interesting. Yeah. And like, that's kind of a it's disturbing. Weird. It's a very weird. Yeah. Cause you're not fully there. You're like almost detached thinking yep. about it's a very specific little moment, but yep. it's a really interesting touch. Yeah, I love that. That was that was really cool. Cuz through a lot of the movie he is filming. Yeah. Like he the camping trip. I loved how like there's a a shot where they're like getting firewood or whatever. And then you don't see him, but you just hear the, yeah. the camera rolling. Then at some point you see him kind of floating in and out of the frame. Like I don't know, I just love mm-hmm. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. And that and that's such a relatable thing too, because mm-hmm. I I definitely like the first time I really started doing anything with a camera was a family vacation. Mm. I just filmed like every minute of yeah. a vacation. It's interesting in the ways that it does have a layer of what film can do, because there's the big well, and we'll talk about the the whole scene with his mom uh, when he discovers that in the footage. But like the scene towards the end with the beach party where yeah. he shows the video I, I still don't know if i figured out 
all the dynamics that went into those scenes. But basically he moves to a new school and there's a bully who's like super mean to him is terrible. There's this like senior trip where they go and he's the cameraman filming the whole thing. And the way he edits it together makes this bully look like amazing. Like he looks like the star of the show. Yeah. Um, while at the same time making this other bully look like a total idiot. Yeah. Cause the one bully is like the really, really mean one. Yeah. And then the other one is just kind of like, he's like, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of lets it happen. Yeah. yeah, he's not so much the active bully, but yeah. he's definitely like involved. And there's like the moment when they're playing it and he's kind of watching the screen, but then also keeping an eye on the guy who he's making look really good to almost see kind of how he's reacting to the way that he shot and edited this and put it together. The bully actually gets like mad at him for making him look so good, even though he's been such a jerk to him. So there is this like element of the power that. And even the manipulation that you can do with film to make something look a lot. Because the the guy's like, I'm not that guy. Like, what you made me look like is not who I am. Yep. Like, why did you or how did you do that? Or why did you do that? And so it's this it's this like real self-awareness of even Spielberg thinking about maybe the good and bad that film can do. Yeah, it's uh, and I mean, it it's both like both of the bullies get mad because like the uh, the way he portrays the other one is very like real to who that kid is because it's just shots of him like grabbing like half drunk beers from the beach and drinking them and getting drunk throughout the day getting rejected by girls and all this stuff and because he's he's a douchebag yeah and a terrible person and it i mean it like cuts that guy deep yeah like he's clearly like super disturbed by it i didn't think about that like in that way it revealed who that bully maybe truly was but then in a way also it revealed who that guy could be who the other bully could be yeah i mean it basically just showed him like being good at sports so it wasn't anything like it wasn't anything super deep but like everyone in the school like started cheering for him and loving him so it almost was like a revealing like you could be better than you are yeah i don't know it's an yep. interesting dynamic. Yeah, there's. A, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in in that scene, and I think he is really like just exploring what it's like to to be a filmmaker and mm-hmm. like what your what your choices, how they impact people, and the way you choose to tell the story. Like, I mean, it matters. Like, it, mm-hmm. it really like yeah, it can it can definitely affect people. Yeah. Well, again, that's that almost manipulation aspect of it which could go back to the family vacation the stuff he shoots there you know there's a whole reel of stuff that he keeps separate there's a moment where they all as a family watch the family vacation and it's like super fun and everyone's super happy but there are things that he's seen in that that he's manipulated and cut around so that they're not revealed that causes him to have a very different reaction to it well you wanted to talk about the yeah. scene I mean, my favorite. Out. Yeah, my favorite. I think my favorite moment in the film, his dad really wants him to edit this vacation together because uh, Mitzi's mom has died and she's just not acting the same. She's been kind of depressed. So he thinks that that would maybe help kind of cheer her up. So he's he's like, whatever. I'll. So he's doing it and it's intercutting it with Mitzi playing piano, this like piano piece. Yep. And so there's this music that's kind of going throughout it and the camera is very like 
fluid yeah. and like kind of wrapping around him and he's kind of going through this footage and watching it and he just starts to see these small moments in the background of his mom and benny their dad's best friend either yeah. he touches her in a certain way or they kind of like hold hands or they it's a very disturbing scene in the way it's shot and cut together of you know having the film play forward then pause and then roll back yep. and then pause and then like his realization with the music that his mom's playing like the way that scene plays his out dad's and, like listening to the music yeah too. Uh-huh. so there's his his presence is there too. yeah yeah it's amazing it is that's my that's definitely my favorite kind of moment in the film and that's really when the movie turns after that because yeah. before it's him discovering film and loving yep. it and his family just like what's going on with their family and then this big moment happens and the rest of the film is all pretty much centered around that yeah it's it's a great scene i mean it's very well crafted yeah. i'm that's that's one that you could probably study and yeah oh yeah like, and again i mean that idea of it's like it's almost the beauty and the curse of like recorded content or recorded video it's like yeah you have this memory of this great family vacation and it also just like ruined his life yeah because it captured certain things that otherwise wouldn't have been captured otherwise would have gone unnoticed and so from that moment he becomes super rude to his mom and just super mad at her yeah doesn't want anything to do with her and then the scene you were talking about was when he when he shows finally shows her the the footage he goes in the closet with her to watch or to show her or he has her go in the closet which is you know call back to him as a child so brutal that moment is brutal they go in the closet and watch his train film and that's like a reveal in itself when he's a kid because she was she told him you know you can wreck the train once just one time for the video and then then be done and then she watches it and realizes he wrecked this train like 20 <laughs> times to get all these shots. Um, but then she loves it. And, you know, she's like, it was worth it. So, like, they, they have that moment together in the closet watching his film. And then, you know, now it's like, I have another film to show you. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because he, <laughs> yeah. she's like, why won't you talk to me? And he, yeah. so he just like grabs her hand, brings her into the closet and she like, there's a smile on her face. Oh yeah, he's going to show me another, yeah, one of his movies. One of his films. And then he turns on the projector and it's it's footage that he had cut from the family vacation of, of these moments of but her. And in that scene too, you don't even see what she's watching. It just right. holds on her and you just see her face. Yes. Her performance in that scene is insane because you just see all the life drain out of it as she realizes what. And he closes her in there. So he's not even he's not even seeing it. He's not seeing her. And then, you know, she she after it's over, she opens it and she's just completely melted, completely just. She crawls out. Yeah. That moment is just so heartbreaking, but beautiful of him just hugging her and comforting her. And it's like he was he was really upset with her, but then he sees how this affected her. You know, he wasn't trying to mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to wreck her or anything by showing her that. He was just that was how he knew to communicate. Yeah. And then they they just have that beautiful moment where he just he just hugs her and holds yeah. her and just says um, like I won't tell I, yeah. I won't tell anyone. And then it just kind of like eventually their family just kind of like. I guess by a monkey because it doesn't. Yeah. The monkey is the thing that ruins everything. (laughs) 
the home wrecker monkey. But yeah. Uh, and then like he has moments with his dad too, that are really powerful. They're not quite as like dramatic, but when he comes back from, he's been at school mm-hmm. or whatever, and he's having a panic attack, you know, his dad is very, you know, very calm and methodical about it. Yep. But Paul Dano's performance is just perfect. Yeah, man, that the look that he gives Sammy when he's watching the Western and Sammy figure out how to make it look like gunshots by poking the yeah, like the the look that he gives is like that's the look that I want every time someone watches something I make like <laughs> just like the he looks so proud and yeah. so just like pleased yeah, and that's what that's what makes his his character interesting because clearly he's not like. This is all just stupid. It's not like the cliched dad who's just like down on everything he's doing. You know, he doesn't think it's necessarily a viable future, but he is also supportive of Mm -hmm. it. And even the scene where he's like, I really need you to edit this family video. Like he's not even in that scene, like he's being pretty like Mm -hmm. even recognizes the power of of film. Yeah. In a way. I mean, yeah. And it's, you know, he's being like, oh, well, you can make your movie with your friends some other time. So he's being a little dismissive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the hobby aspect or like the passion that he has for like making his movies and stuff. But but it's never like annoying and cliched, though. It's not like it's very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved that scene in the apartment later on where after he's kind of calmed down from his panic attack and then his dad sees the photo where Mm. in the background, his mom is with Benny and it kind of like affects him. But then they just like sit there for a minute and have like a really pretty brief conversation, but it's just, it's like him still just being like, it kind of reaches a point where it's like, I don't understand. Yeah. But I also trust you right in a way. And he like believes in him mm-hmm. and, and is like, you know, you can do it if it's, if this is what you really want, yeah. you can, you can make it happen. And the, <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of what a antithesis to that character would be in it. I, I'm, I thought of Chris Cooper from October sky. Oh yeah. Like that, that would be the one where it's just like, why are you focusing on these rockets? Like it's stupid. Like, the whole movie and then suddenly at the end he's like shows up to the launch pad he's like i'm proud of you son i'm proud of you (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh sure but like this one is like he's always proud of him he sees the talent and the passion but he just probably has that kind of post-world war ii mindset of yeah he's got to make money yeah you have to make money and this clearly is not going to make you any money right yeah i mean all the dynamics in between the siblings too are very realistic yeah not very caricatured I mean, like, it's just a very solid movie. It's yeah. all uh, it's all really well done. There's not, you know, I don't re- I didn't really have any issues with the movie mm-hmm. at, at all. I thought it was it was really effective, and the casting is perfect. David Lynch. David Lynch. Did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about the very end scene. <laughs> uh, I wish I had gone into it not knowing that I, David Lynch was playing John Ford. That would have been yeah. amazing. That to see him walk in oh, with I like lost lipstick it. smears all over his face like a cartoon character. His whole conversation yep. is it's so insane. David Lynch said he would only do it if he could get the costume two weeks in advance so he could wear it nonstop <laughs> leading up to the shoot. So he could like get in character. So he wore 
that outfit and the eye patch for two weeks before shooting that one scene. Wow. Okay. And it shows. I uh, you can tell that he's it's very lived in. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't showered in weeks. <laughs> I guess he didn't say he wasn't gonna shower, but maybe. Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's what John Ford did. But yeah, that's yeah. a great little moment. And the final shot is so good. Oh yeah. It like Adjusting took me a second. Horizon. Yeah. So like it because John Ford just basically lectures him saying that like if the horizon line is in the middle of the frame, it's boring. And then the very last shot is Sammy kind of walking out and the horizon lines in the middle and the camera quickly adjusts so that it's <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> it's great. That is great. That's a, that's an interesting moment to include, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like that really happened yeah. in those yeah. were his actual words, yep. but there are things that I remember from film school that, you know, a teacher would say like, you got to make sure this mm -hmm. like one little one little thing that they would like they would be like if you do this it's going to elevate it yeah and they may not have had a lot more of those little tidbits but that one like really stuck with me and it's like to this day like i still remember some of those while things. you're shooting or while you're doing something that'll pop in your head yeah and it's just there yeah yeah so that i mean that's a that's also a very relatable mm -hmm. idea that was a perfect ending yeah i mean it was so satisfying. Yeah, I agree. It's just like, a, it's a good solid movie. There, yeah. There's not, I mean, you know, there are some interesting thematic and like with his relationship with his parents and filmmaking. Um, but really it's just like, it's just a solid yeah, entertaining it's just good. movie. Yeah. It's not anything like groundbreaking or it's not, you know, it's not his best movie ever, Yeah, but it's a very good movie. Yeah. So I agree. You'll like it. You will. We can guarantee it. We give it the review anything One, guarantee. 100% guarantee. Yep. It'll be a five out of five for you. Yes. No matter what. Yep. I'd give it about a two out of five. Yeah. I was leaning closer to one and a half. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. One star off for um, the, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, really, from the moment he did BFG, he's been on the decline. Like, that was the peak <laughs> of his career. <laughs> like, he was kind of in a rut with Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it took a lot to get him out of that. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark Rylance as the BFG. Yeah, that was it. That was masterpiece yes for sure maybe if he makes like an adaptation of charlie and the chocolate factory or the witches it really if he sticks with roll doll i think he'll be good there you go he could do the fantastic mr fox oh, live yeah. action yeah with real foxes that would be cool and just animate their mouths kind of like uh beverly hills chihuahua yeah exactly yeah. that would be cool he could do i mean he could just do beverly hills chihuahua too actually i think there already are two so he'd have Four, to do a third one three i haven't seen beverly hills chihuahua but i would be shocked if there's not a monkey in there somewhere. Yeah. so and i mean the fablemans has a monkey and that was probably i mean th that was the best scene because i was monkeys. just laughing and like it yeah, was just lighthearted. it was fun it was good for the family yeah 
I cried. Yeah. You were crying. You were rolling around in the aisles <laughs> laughing whenever the monkey popped up on screen. Monkeys just get me every time. Yeah, I know. I just, it's just comedy gold. And then the second it cut away, you were completely straight faced. Yeah. I staring at the screen. Back to normal. Yeah. And then no more it monkey. cut to the monkey again and you were rolling. Yeah. It's <laughs> just, it just gets me every single time. And Nope was the same way. I was just. Yeah, really? that that's that scene in Nope so was funny. hilarious. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that one doesn't count though because it's an ape. True. We Planet really... of the Apes was not funny. I didn't laugh at all in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, you actually were mad when we watched that. You were your, that your brows were furrowed the entire time, and you were frowning. I was like, "Where are all the monkeys?" Yeah. I hate that there's only apes. In this like movie. ten minutes in the movie, you turned to me and you whispered, and you were like, "Where are the monkeys?" <laughs> And then 30 I saw, minutes in. I saw the poster and I thought it was a monkey. Mm -hmm. You didn't read I the didn't title. I didn't realize it was an ape. Yeah, you didn't read the title. No, I just saw a oh, monkey movie and I went and paid. I gave yeah. them way more money than the price of a ticket. I just was so, I you just, needed to see it so bad. Yeah. Um, and then I got in there and it's not, there's not a single monkey. Yeah. Well, one of your, I know one of your favorite movies of all time is Night at the Museum. It is. And there's a monkey in there. Monkeys are heavily featured in there. Uh, also, Jumanji has a really yeah. good monkey scene that yeah. I laugh every time. It's yeah. so good. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that has monkeys. a good... There's actually... There's a lot of monkeys in that one. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. So, yeah. If you enjoy monkeys, there's a few scenes in here for you. <laughs> this episode was not sponsored by monkeys. No, unfortunately. They Joe, are not in here threatening me to not talk about or to talk about monkeys mm -hmm. uh they will not hurt me if I, they're not they wouldn't hurt me no if I monkeys wouldn't if i wasn't talking about monkeys right now and how much i love them nope it would be fine yeah they, they wouldn't, wouldn't be mad they wouldn't be hurting you so we are renaming this everything is fine podcast monkey pod Re review monkey yep review monkeys and we'll exclusively be talking about monkeys from now on. Yes. So, and that's our choice. We want to do that. It's, yeah, we're fine. We're Don't not being forced help. to do that by monkeys. No. There are not monkeys in the room no. currently. No. It's just Joe and I. <laughs> that, no, yeah, I don't. Yep. We would never want to say anything that would offend no. the monkeys. No. Definitely not. Either the real ones or the band. Right. And no members of the band are here either threatening us to talk about the monkeys. No. Uh, they are a great band, though. They're um, so good. Definitely go stream them. Some of them. the best music. Definitely I mean, stream them on Apple Music. Yeah. Get, download it to all your devices yep. and just play it all on repeat. People talk about the Beatles, but. The monkeys. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, hey, we are them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, <laughs> I think this is officially the longest uh, outro of all time. Yeah, I feel um, like we ended the podcast at like 30 minutes and we've been we talking about monkeys for 15. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do we need to actually officially wrap, yes. it, uh, wrap it up? Yep. We'll see you in two weeks for another one. When we will review, review anything. anything. Okay, bye. <laughs>